Welcome to this episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. This episode with Agatha is all about nutrition, but specifically practical nutrition. We go through tips and tricks to make your nutrition change a long-term change, or what we like to call a lifestyle change. Get your notepad and pen ready, because what was really interesting about this episode is that if you're looking for little quotes of inspiration, this episode We'll have them for you. And before we get started, have you checked out our Zest Wellness blog yet? You'll find a lot of content ranging from recipes to highlighting our progress with challenges to announcing brand new initiatives. All available on zestwellnesscgi.com slash blog. And never forget also our Zest Wellness app, Powered by Virgin Pulse. Simply visit joinzestwellness.com and enroll today. Welcome to this episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. Our guest today is Agatha Hollovatins. And Agatha is a certified integrative nutrition health coach. Uh, what's amazing about Agatha is that she was a uh, author of a recent book that launched in the spring called Fueled, Transform Your Body, Enhance Your Energy, and Supercharge Your Life. Agatha is uh, extremely passionate about real food, and she's effective when it comes to communicating big ideas in a simple way. Of course, she loves to cook and has spent the past over the past 20 years thinking about how she can deliver food that will actually benefit us. So Agatha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nathan. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Great. Now, to get started, uh, what, I, what I love about you is that you have all these kind of really unique one-liners when it comes to health and of course you always advocate for anyone can do it when it comes to health and when it comes to implementing positive nutrition in their life but one, some of these awesome one-liners that you have that, that I really think puts things in perspective and kind of motivates us the first one being you know health doesn't have to be hard and the second one being inch by inch it's a cinch and so to that second one there, especially, I'm sure when you when you when you say that, you're telling us any small change always adds up. Yep, that's exactly it, Nathan. Thank you. Um, it does. It really does add up, and I think that it's important to remember that everyone can do it, and you can make the change towards optimal health any day. You can start today, and absolutely just what you said anyone can do it healthy doesn't have to be hard and I really want to get that message across um, to everybody today so 
I guess I can recall a time when I um, I was going to a summer party, and uh, and one of my, my friends actually it was a pre-summer party, and and I uh, heard here in Bermuda we ride scooters, and uh, very often some people have cars, but a lot of us go around in scooters, and um, I picked her up on the back of my scooter we're heading towards this party and it just made me think she goes she sort of randomly started asking me about multivitamins she said to me hey you know um Agatha I need to do something different um I know I do and it's just I'm not really ready to make a huge change um and I thought I could start with multivitamins to sort of fill in the blanks for the foods that I know I should be eating um but I'm not right now, and I have a lot of respect for the research you do on health, and I would like to know what you think about multivitamins, because I've heard conflicting things, um, and she sort of went on. So the reason that I bring this up was because it was a pre-summer party, and as you know, for summer, you start to think about bikini time, and uh, especially here in Bermuda, and also um, just just getting, getting dressed up, going out more. Um, guys for board shorts and, you know, you're going to be on the beach more wearing, uh, you know, fewer clothing items, you know, uh, not big sweaters and jackets anymore, but you're talking about um, sundresses and shorts and, 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 you know, summer clothes. So as, as summer was inching closer, um, I picked up this friend on my scooter in Bermuda. We, we ride these scooters. Um, and she hopped on the back and we were heading our way and it was just, you know, it was sort of quiet enjoying the scenery. And then she sort of asks me, Hey, she says, um, it was really random, but she goes, look, I need to do something different. Um, I know I do. Uh, I'm not in the worst shape of my life right now. And, um, it's also just that I'm not really ready to make a huge change. So since I'm not ready to make a huge change, I thought I could start with multivitamins, um, just to do something different, to fill in the blanks for the foods I'm not eating that I know I should be eating. And I have a lot of respect for all the research you do on health. And I would really like to know what you think about them, you know, multivitamins. Um, and I have this brand that I'd be interested in trying. And, and, you know, so I'll stop there. So it's no surprise to me. And you probably won't also be surprised to hear that a lot of people have the same question and thought process. Um and as a certified health coach, you hear it all the time, an author of the book on fueling your body for optimal health, I hear it all the time, you know, I get it, I totally understand, can you pop a multivitamin instead of making changes to what you're eating? Um, it's a it's a shortcut, it's easier. Um, you know, it doesn't include massive changes. Um, so trust me, I know it's easier to, to pop a, a multivitamin pill than it is to do like a complete overhaul of, of your diet, right? Um, when you know you're not sort of exactly doing the best thing you could be in terms of the foods that you're eating, you kind of think, all right, well, I'll just take a multivitamin since I'm not eating all these greens and stuff. I'll just, I'll nourish my body that way. It's kind of simple. Um, so, so you might be wondering what I said when she asked about a recommendation or, or what I thought about her doing that. You know, some people might judge right away and think, Oh, you can't just, you can't just shortcut, you know, your way to health. Um, you really should be eating better and you should be, you know, looking at eating your greens. Or you should be doing this and that. Um, and that is an important aspect to be eating real foods. But let's be honest, she wasn't ready for a big change, but she, she had the desire within her to do something different. It was already starting to grow. So it's one of those things where I said, yeah, multivitamin, that's a really great place to start, you know, um, it really is. And 
it's not, it shouldn't really be a substitute for what you're eating or eating healthier foods. But if you want to get on track with your health and you're feeling a resistance to change in terms of big change, um, then a small step is a, is a step in the right direction. And that's a positive way to go. Um, you know, because no one's likely going to go from, you know, not the best shape of their life pre-summer to, you know, this walking poster child of the lean body and glowing skin and vibrant health, you know, um, overnight. And so that's something that I think our culture has falsely led people to believe that there's such a thing as a sort of overnight success when actually that's the healthiest way to go about it is actually long-term gains. And I'm not even being like long, long term, but not looking at like you're going to make this change and pow, you know, tomorrow you'll be eating better and you'll know you'll be taking all your right vegetables and eating all the good grains and, you know, organic meats and, you know, you'll lean out and your skin will be glowing. It's not about overnight success. Small steps will get you to where you want to go if you keep going in a sure straight line um, and, the, you know, and keep going in a sure st- straight line with positive changes towards better health, small as they can be, week by week, keep them going. And you'll notice in four weeks after you've, you know, the first week, you just want to make a small change. So you'll add a multivitamin, not change anything else. The next week, I can actually go into examples later if you want to, Nathan. But but for now, I'm just thinking like, you know, the small incremental changes, they add up to massive results. And people discount that sometimes, you know, and because sometimes you're not seeing the results right away, but you know, you're heading there. It's like when you plant a seed, it's not going to come up right away over the ground. It's not going to just spring forth and then also bear a flower or fruit or a tree or something will grow. You're making these changes. You're changing your habits. You're making better habits and the success will come. And I think that it's an amazing way to go about it. I think it's a total health hack. It's a success hack. In fact, um, to do things incrementally, shift those habits in a different direction and to go with that um, as small as they may seem to you at first. But what seems small to you at first, you know, you start doing them four weeks later, something that seemed kind of too big four weeks ago. It's not so big anymore because you're starting to feel better. You're starting to feel lighter. You're starting to see some results. You're seeing the fact that your health is improving. Um, you may be shedding pounds. You may be waking up with a very clear mind. You may be feeling more energetic, just happier overall, you know? So four weeks later, you might be like, oh, I think I'm ready to make that hard change, that harder, you know, not like major, majorly hard, but a harder change that you weren't ready to do four weeks when you ago when you started. That would have been like, no, too big. Four weeks later, you might be ready to tackle that. Four weeks after that, you'll be ready to tackle something else. You know, three months down the road, you are well on your way. So it's an, it's an incredible way to do it and it's small changes. So it's not as scary. Awesome, Agatha. Now, before we move forward with some, uh, some insight on what actual tips could be, mm-hmm. one of the things that you were mentioning was the, this, this term psychological machinery to someone who kind of might not know what that means exactly, what, what, were you, what were you meaning when you say psychological machinery? Sure thing. That's a great question. So I would describe it as um, both habits and our habits 
that we have ingrained. So basically it's your mindset. So your mind is set in a certain way and right now you're doing things a certain way and that's the way you've done them. That's the way you've been eating and you've almost sort of like tread this ground pretty deep and you're, you're, you've got this sort of way that you're doing things and then you want to switch the way that you're doing things and switch your habits and switch your mindset a little bit. And so you got to go tread new surface. You got to go over new earth. Um, to, to sort of go in that different direction. And a lot of it has to do with your psychology and it has a lot to do with, um, the way that you direct your mind and also understanding that when you're making that shift from your habits that are a lot of the times our habits are, are, um, counterproductive, you know, we're, we're driven by old conditioning. These are the things I mean when and I say, you know, it tries to move your psychological machinery because it's right now it's going in a certain way with driven by habit, counterproductive routines and old conditioning. Um, and then those tendencies become hard to break. As we know, you know, you call them bad habits. Oh, it's hard to break a bad habit. Kind of that's what you what you might think. I think of it really as psychological machinery and you're trying to go in a different way. So when you try to do that, because these habits habits are ingrained, these tendencies are ingrained, the routines and the conditioning is already it's the way you do things right now, you want to change that you would, you encounter this internal resistance. And that's why big changes are hard to make for people sometimes or they set big goals. And then it's almost they get paralyzed by the thought of even how do you start? You know, because yep. it's yep. so it seems so big. So that's where the internal resistance come from comes from. And so the key to overcoming that again, and basically the fear of change um, that comes with making these big hard choices, um, is to make small choices instead. And again, with psychology, it has a lot to do with our ability to make decisions and. Making decisions is often not noticed. Like you might just, it's a habit. So you're not realizing that when you're going into a bad habit, like let's say you're going for the coffee and muffin, coffee and muffin every morning for breakfast. And that's a habit and you really haven't thought about it, but that is a choice. That is actually a decision that you've made. And when you try to shift things, you realize, hmm, okay, um, that's old conditioning that I go to those foods, right? So it's like making small changes and realizing that you have every single decision that you make, every time you eat or drink, it's an opportunity for you to nourish every cell in your body. Um, so when you encounter choices, as you consider, you know, am I eating foods that will reinforce vital, healthy, strong, magnificent cells, or am I just feeding myself to fill my stomach so that I don't feel hungry. So two things happen here. One, I would encourage people to raise the bar on what food can do when you're looking at what you've been habitually doing and what you are conditioned to do and what you've just gotten used to and you've had these tendencies. Think about, is that serving you? You know, what is that food doing for you? And raise the bar on that because it can really, really do so much more than you imagine um, that you likely imagine at, at, at that moment in terms of your cells. Yes. Um, so, and, so the, yeah. And, and to pause you there, Agatha, cause I know uh, after everything you're saying, I'm sure our listeners are 
now they're 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 buying into what you're saying and they're they're eager for some practical tips so we we talk about all these small changes we can make and i know you have a bunch of little secrets into what our small changes are and i'll just kind of uh prime you for them you can elaborate you can elaborate for just just a few minutes here um i know one of them that we've we've talked offline about is not having coffee before 2 p.m another one is is uh simply having a side salad at dinner so still having your normal dinner but just adding in a salad um just if you can speak on those and give us a yeah. just for a few minutes some more actual practical tips when we when we when we stop listening to this podcast we can go take action on. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to share some tips. So um, before before I do so, it's it's interesting because um, one of my uh, one of my mentors, I guess, he puts it well when he says the time to have the map is before you enter the woods. Apparently it's a Montana saying that. Um, that comes from the States. Yeah, before you, it's the, the time to have the map is before you enter the woods. So that's when these examples come into play. Um, and like you said, that those are some really good ones. Week one, um, actually it's the have the coffee, don't have the coffee before 2 p.m., but not after. So that that will... Um, enhance your sleep. It will enhance so many different aspects of your life to definitely cut the caffeine off at around two o'clock. So that might be a week one type of thing to do. Um, or it might be a little bit hard to do that. So um, so I, I think a good week, week one or first start thing is drink more water than you're currently drinking. Um, have a glass of water or water bottle on your desk or near you throughout the day. Uh, make it more exciting with adding lemon or infuse it with berries or oranges or cucumber. Um, and water will help you feel full. Water will help hydrate you. And a lot of times our hunger pangs or our, like when we have cravings, it could be actually our body telling us we're dehydrated. So just adding that water every day a little bit more, you know, I'm not going to say how much, a little bit more than what you're currently doing because we don't want to, again, make this huge change that you're now trying to drink a full eight glasses take more than you're currently taking and keep doing that week after week. So start week one, taking more water, keep it conveniently located around you. I know, see how simple that is. Like, I know how simple that sounds. It's not like we're going to become vegan today. You know, it's, it's today and this week drink more water. Um, simple, small steps. You'd be surprised at how things like that add up. And then again, like you said, um, Nathan, have a small side salad with lunch or dinner. And that will get you your vegetables in. Just a small side salad. I'm not saying, you know, eat a massive amount of greens every day. Go and have a green juice, this, this, that. Go for a small side salad with lunch and dinner. If you can do both, if you can do one, have it with lunch um, or with dinner, whichever, you know. Just try to get those um, greens in your body by doing so, making it fun and easy. Um, Week three, Maybe switch your oils to olive oils. Try to use olive oil instead of like Crisco, canola, or vegetable oils in your everyday cooking for a dose of healthy fats um, and to lessen the amount of inflammatory fat in your diet. So I'm not going to go too deep into what that means, but switching to a good olive oil, um, it can be extra virgin olive oil or it can be refined olive oil. You know, sometimes you want to cook with a more refined oil because it can handle hot temperatures better, but Switching to an olive oil would be great. I mean, if you want to go even further, have some flaxseed oil, um, or there's a brand of oil called Udo's oil, which is a mix, which is a mix of of 
uh, oils that creates the perfect balance of omega-3 and 6. But that would be, you know, maybe further down the way to go into flaxseed oil and uh, and other specialty oils. Switch to olive oil in week three. Um, week four, get more fiber in your diet. You'd be surprised at how amazing that is for yourselves and for your health. Easy ways to do that are just eat more broccoli. Add ground flaxseed or chia seeds to your cereal. You see them now in the cereal aisle. You can just pick up some of that and just throw it in your cereal, ground flaxseeds or chia, or have an apple and just add more fiber. It would be great for that week and then just keep keep going. Um, week five, maybe add a probiotic to your morning routine um, and take that multivitamin every day uh, with your meal. So there you go. You're already at week five. You're getting more fiber having, you know, better oils, uh, like olive oils in your diet, having a small side salad, drinking more water, adding a probiotic, that's only, in, you know, a month and one week. Um, those changes, they're incremental, but they will add up. And like I said, we just started with having that glass extra water, keep keeping that water with you, near you, by your desk, taking it, you know, in your car where you're going and driving. Um, yeah, so, you know, and then maybe week six, um, whenever possible, choose brown rice or black rice or another whole grain um, instead of white rice or even pasta. So just going for a whole grain like brown, black or other whole grain rice. Rice is one of my favorite grains. Um, but again, quinoa is a good one, too. But just keeping it easy, um, switch to brown rice instead of, you know, your more simple carbohydrates. Um, and then week seven for a challenge that might have been harder earlier on, I'd say if you enjoy alcoholic beverages, um, aim for no more than one a day, uh, stick to beer or wine, um, take it preferably with a meal. So you're just now reducing alcoholic beverages next week Do that coffee or black tea before two o'clock. Um, stick to one cup if you can. And, you know, next week, replace sodas with alternatives like sparkling water mixed with 100% orange juice or homemade iced tea, iced green tea or iced herbal tea. You know, replacing those sodas is really, really a big one. It's really scary for some people to replace sodas with alternatives um, or to, you know, limit their alcoholic beverage intake. But those drinks could be what are getting your health, you know, and like leave them to week seven, eight, nine, ten. Um and, you know, continue on from there. So you look at that by week eight, you're really on a roll. And those are small changes that, that really will add up. So that's kind of the examples I wanted to give. I could keep going because I'm so passionate about this topic. But, you know, I think that's enough to get someone started and sort of hopefully communicate the message, you know, Nathan, that it's inch by inch. It's a cinch. It doesn't have to be hard to get healthy. And you know, you will be unrecognizable to yourself down the road. The, the the health benefits of making these small changes instead of, you know, doing something intense. One, you know, some people, they do a three-day juice from, from eating, you know, eating out and eating sort of um, processed foods and, and, uh, and loads of meats and all this kind of stuff. They try to do then like a three-day juice fast cleanse. And that can be really hard um, and really hard on the body and hard on your mind. And you just think that, you know, oh, and then you might fail and not feel good. So if you if you keep the changes small and you succeed at them every week, it builds up your confidence. When you build up your confidence, you're more likely to make better decisions and better decisions put you on a better path 
in your life overall. Um, so building up that confidence is important. And that's why I wouldn't recommend going cold turkey on everything you're doing right now. And then, you know, over the weekend, I'm just, that's it. I'm doing this big time and going, you know, healthy all the way overnight, Mm -hmm. you know? So these smaller changes, you know, I think that they really, they not only build up your health, they build up your mindset. You feel confident, you feel better about what you're doing. And like I said, once you're feeling confident, you're feeling good about yourself, plus all the health changes, you, you are well on your way. I keep selling, saying that, but it's, it's, you are really well on your way. A confident person makes better decisions. You recognize decisions you're making are good for you. And yeah, I think it's just, you know, onward and upward from there. Yeah, Those are the seems, examples I wanted to share. Of course. And it seems like uh, sometimes when, when individuals make changes or when they're, they're learning about how to make changes, they, there's this notion of they have to kind of eliminate everything from their current diet, which of course can be scary and add all this new stuff. But what's, what's really nice and refreshing to hear from, from you is that, you know, as a, a specific example, you know, you're not telling people to stop cooking. You're just telling people to substitute their cooking oil. You're not telling people to necessarily stop drinking coffee. You just kind of adjust your coffee schedule. And so I think, therefore, it's a more, mm-hmm. more of a, a more manageable change for people to make as opposed to eliminating everything from the diet and then starting over fresh. It's like you said, it's, we're inch by inch. It's a cinch, and we can still have those things. We can still cook. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of changing our schedule or changing the ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And those changes, they are effectively changing the direction of your health. They're changing the direction of your weight, your body composition, and they're changing the direction of your energy levels, you know, 100%. So, so, and, and it's, it's not about making really massive changes. I think success lies in making those small incremental ones. Yeah. That lead you down the right way. Now, so we yeah. talked about a, f- a phenomenal number of these practical tips, but Thank you. as with anything, you know, there might be there might be turbulence along the journey, and, and things might not always go according to plan. So, let me let me let me run something by you, Agatha, and we, you can you can give us our our insight on this. Is that if someone's you know a middle aged male, let's say their thirties and forties. They are, they're still physically active. They, you know, they, they belong to various sports teams and they, they do some of the changes that you're recommending, but they're not seeing changes in their, their weight over time or kind of in their, their mood over time. What do you say to that? Are they, are they missing something? What, what is, what is that insight from your end look like? That's a really good question. And what I love about your example, Nathan, is that it's, so realistic. Um, someone in their thirties or forties, you, you mentioned a male, you know, he's involved in some sports. Um, he's staying active. He's making healthy changes. You know, maybe he's eating, eating better. He thinks that, um, you know, he, he's doing a good job, but he's not seeing results or the, you know, the, the results that he feels he should be seeing. And, and, um, that does happen. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, especially if he started to eat more greens and he never ate greens before, you know, and now he's eating yes. flax seeds and greens and you're thinking, oh, I'm having smoothies, flax seeds, greens. And I'm not, you know, and I'm doing these sports and I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm not seeing it, uh, in my, in my weight maybe, um, 
or in my energy levels, like, you know, like you're saying. So, um, so I have a couple of thoughts on that. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost for a male between 30 and 40 who's actively involved in sports, I would first look at sure, maybe you're eating great and I'm, you know, kudos. That's such a good thing to start to do is eat very well. Um, I would start looking at alcohol intake. Um, and I know that that's something people start to go, oh, they cringe at. No, please don't take that away. Um, but that is what I would start to look at because you could be eating very well and making those changes to your diet, but you may still be engaging in, um, you know, drinking things that are kind of sabotaging all the work you're doing otherwise. Um, and it can backwards. happen after a sports game. Yeah. Or, or even go backwards. Yeah. Um, so it can really add up when it comes to things like I know a lot of, um, a lot of times in sports games after, or if you're watching a sports game or if you're engaged in one and then afterwards, you know, the guys or, or the, or the girls or whoever is, is the athletes, they often go out for drinks. So there'll be, um, you know, post game parties or there'll be just, it's just part of the culture, especially I'd say, um, let's say for instance, rugby culture, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of celebrating with alcohol and there's a lot of just having that sort of, I guess, bonding time surrounding alcohol. And those drinks can really add up. If you're talking Thursday, Friday and Saturday and um, and some of these people are more muscular, they're larger, they can handle. I think that they can handle a lot more. And it really alcohol can take a it's a toxin. Um, that's why I'd say maybe limit it to one a day, preferably beer or wine. It can set you backwards. Um, and there are health benefits to one drink, which is beer or wine a day. And then after that, you're looking at pretty much a downhill health. Uh, uh, there, there, there are really no benefits after that. Um, the calories are enormous. Often these drinks are mixed with sodas. Um, and besides the calories, it's just um, they're, they're entirely empty calories. They really add up. And it sets the body into sort of a, a preserve itself zone. I would definitely, if they're not seeing results, before I go too deep into this one one um, idea, I would look at alcohol intake. Okay. Um, that's one. Reduce, reduce that. That's one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Second one, I would look at sleep and rest. I would see if they're getting enough sleep they can be very active i'm imagining that they also work full time so someone is working full time they um they're engaging in these sports and they so they also have that as a part of their schedule maybe they have a relationship maybe they have family um as well so now you've got you know working full time engaging in sports a relationship perhaps a family all this kind of stuff it can become a very busy life and just sometimes the first thing that we do when we get too busy is cut sleep out. We start to work into the night. You know, we, we, we cut those hours of sleep out and we're going down to five, six hours at night and that's simply not enough. So some people are even, you know, cutting it down to four hours. Sleep and proper sleep heals the body, heals the muscles, regenerates um, your cells. And it also regulates hormones that are related to appetite and appetite control. So if you don't sleep enough, your appetite and fullness indicators, I guess you could say, um, just to keep it simple, they're not working properly. Your fullness indicators are not working properly. You may be eating way too much and then you feel full when if you had slept the full night, 
you know, because you could be eating quite healthy, but still eating enormous amounts, and it may be too much for your body. So getting that sleep in is really important to appetite, to that feeling of fullness that's normal. Um, and so it helped regulate you there. So I think that's quite important. Now, the next, um, I guess I'll say three, three more um, uh, briefly. One would be the time of day that one is eating. So again, looking back at that busy schedule and sometimes people go, 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 go all day and then it comes to the end of the day, they sit down, finally they have a moment to themselves and then they eat a lot of food and then they go to sleep. So I personally believe that that is not the most effective way to eat and not the best way to fuel the body for optimal health or optimal energy or really weight or anything. You know, you're eating all that food and then you're going to sleep so your body's trying to metabolize it but you're not doing anything i would say shift how much you're eating uh shift your the sorry shift the larger amount of food that you're eating to the beginning portion of the day before three o'clock i would say you know eat a larger lunch then you're not going to be starving and crashing eating a huge meal before sleep um so i would shift that timing don't binge largely at night have larger meals in the beginning of the day and fuel that body of yours for the rest of the day so that you're really, um, I think that's a really great way to, to manage your weight, to manage your energy, to manage your mood. You know, you won't get hangry. That's a, you know, the, the word people are using for when you get hungry and so hungry you get angry. So, you know, because you're feeding yourself earlier in the day, I think that's super important. Next one could just be overexertion. So he might not be seeing any results or many results because the body, when pushed too far, it's not going to cooperate with you. Um, overexertion can cause your body to actually store more body fat. Um, and I would say that that could be one of the reasons. Maybe some more downtime is needed. Maybe less of those larger exercise activities. Maybe a, a massage, maybe some yoga, maybe some swimming. Sort of taking that body down from overexertion to a regular place of balance where it can work as efficiently and effectively as possible. And then, you know, if it's not alcohol if it's not sleep, if it's not the time of day that you're eating, if you're eating too late at night, if it's not overexertion um, and you're, you know, you're forcing yourselves beyond their, their normal working point, then I'd say go see a doctor to see if there's any issues that you might have, um, like thyroid issues or anything else, maybe some sort of deficiencies um, in your nutrient levels that need to be pointed at but, uh, or need to be addressed. Um, so that would be what I would say if you're, if you're around that, uh, that kind of, if you're that kind of person, that's what you're experiencing. Those are some, those are some examples of what could be going on. It's interesting how it's almost like your nutrition can be, can be overpowered by even something like sleep. So you, mm -hmm. I don't think it, 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 you would never think that just if, if someone is, is very new to health, you would never think that even your, your sleep has or your 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 sleep has such a, an impact on you know your exertion levels and uh, on your nutrition but that's exactly what you're saying is that it really does matter it does it really does and i think that's important um i'll just go back to to what i'm certified as it's an integrative nutrition health coach and the integrative part means that i integrate all areas of one's life in looking at getting their health and nutrition where they want it to be, looking at their goals. Um, so it, it, because it does matter, because it does matter from things like um, 
people who, who maybe are suffering with emotional eating, that's not just about nutrition. You can talk to them about kale and flaxseed all day long, but you know, maybe they're feeling a sense of loneliness or loss. Maybe a loved one has passed away and they're feeling alone. They're living for them with them uh, by themselves for the first time and they're looking to food for comfort. So you need to integrate aspects of, you know, relationship, sleep, physical activity into nutrition. I think it's a, it's a whole, it's a, it's a all pieces of a big picture and yes. they do impact how you eat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, would you say that the, the almost the most fundamental principle to know about nutrition is that notion of being holistic and, and including the whole individual and the whole lifestyle as opposed to just learning about broccoli and as opposed to just learning about flaxseed oil? Right. That's a very good question. I would say that that holistic part is very much a part of well-being. Yes. Okay. Looking at well-being. Um, nutrition is a big part of well-being, but overall the whole health picture and the optimal health picture, I'd say the biggest thing is yes, be holistic, look at different areas of your life. And if you're, um, unable to examine your life yourself, you know, that's what coaches are for. That's what people, there are people out there who can help you examine your life for all those different areas, because it's not everyone's specialty, you know, to sort of take a look and say, Oh, okay. I didn't really know sleep affects my eating habits so bad. Um, maybe that's why I'm always having those sugary foods after I haven't slept well, you know, but so there's, there are people out there who can absolutely help get on track. And that's a beautiful thing to have as well is, um, when you're looking at general well-being, going towards optimal health, um, having someone that you're accountable to. So an accountability partner, um, is very important, but, uh, but yes, look at your life holistically, um, and make changes. I think small steps at a time so that they're manageable, maintainable, and you feel that success and confidence at when you're doing them. Well, certainly for this podcast episode, we've, we've gone through a number of, of practical tips and, uh, you know, on, on behalf of everyone, uh, Agatha, thank you. And, and I hope that everyone kind of, you know, wrote down, remembers everything from the, the small one-liner quotes that we talked about everything from the weekly changes we can make in our life and then also the factors where if things always aren't going according to plan what might be these hidden factors that are that are occurring so thank you thank you thank you so much nathan it's a pleasure to contribute absolutely love that episode with agatha and just reflecting on our conversation it's fascinating how you know, change with nutrition is not as easy as one might think. And even though that banana might be extremely healthy, to incorporate that banana into our daily life, for that to become a new habit, it's not easy. And so it's funny how with nutrition, habits don't come naturally, but we can, through conscious effort, create the change. With that being said, thank you for listening to another podcast episode. Feel free to learn more about Zest Wellness at zestwellnesscgi.com. And you can also find Zest Wellness on Instagram and Facebook.